Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. We are very happy to welcome you to Second Half Now. This is indeed a radio show for boomers and beyonders. You know who you are. If you're over 50, then uh, you're uh, eligible to listen to this show. If you're not over 50, well, you could sneak anyway because we'll never know. The goal of our show is to empower boomers and beyonders to live out their unique purpose and passion in order to make their world a better place. That's a mission statement that we are working on. We like what it says because we believe that people in our unique age and stage can really uh, find great fulfillment and great productivity in service. And uh, so, in fact, today we're going to talk about one of those areas that is doing a phenomenal job uh, here in the Portland area. We'll introduce our guests and talk about what they do in just a moment. And um, everything that we say and do here at Second Half Now is revolving around that, helping us to to live that life of uh, passion and productivity and purpose. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our lovely and talented co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. Hello, Denise. How are you doing today? Hi, Dan. I'm doing well. I am absolutely loving the weather, even though I know some people find it a bit mm. difficult right now. So my heart goes out, but nevertheless, I'm just loving this weather. How and, about you? Uh, well, it's okay, uh, <laughs> as long as I can uh, stay in air-conditioned uh, places, I'm, I'm okay. So my heart's so, going out to you right now, Thank Dan. you. <laughs> and you and I, Denise, just finished a tour at uh, this place that we're going to talk about today, and so we're fresh off of that, so it's all top of mind, and uh, we were both very impressed, and we'll introduce our guests in, in just a moment. So, Denise, what is the good word for today? Do we have a good word? We have two. Oh, we have two good words. Mm, okay. Two of my very favorite words. All right. They are dignity mm. and respect. Wow. And those two words are at the heart of the um, organization that we visited today, and we'll be talking to um, the folks who work there and, have, and who have just a love for what they do, and but they do it with dignity and respect, which is so important. So you know, excited. I like that because uh, it seems to us that perhaps those who these gentlemen do serve through their organization might have might have a sense that they don't deserve dignity and respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they do a lot of things to bring that back to their lives. We're going to hear about that. There are so many people in our city that are struggling. They're unemployed or underemployed, or they're at or near the poverty level. They have low income. They can't provide for their family, and they can't get ahead financially, Mm -hmm. so they're really, really struggling. And I am very Mm -hmm. thankful for agencies, ministries, nonprofits, and other organizations that are stepping in to fill the gaps. Right. And uh, we have with us representatives from Portland Adventist Community Services, and we might uh, refer to them as PACS uh, throughout the show, just to keep it easy. P-A-C-S, Portland Adventist Community Services, PACS. Uh, They're doing a great job. We had a great tour at their facility over on Halsey and 111th about, yeah, so our special guests in the studio today are Paul Cole and Tim Zolbrecht, and we will uh, let them introduce themselves and tell what they do uh, there at PAX. And the, uh, the title for our show today is Helping People Meeting Needs. So thank you, Paul and Tim, for coming in today, and welcome to Second Half Now. Thank, thank you. you. It's good to be here. So, Paul, how about uh, if you start, what do you do at, uh, at PAX? Well, then I'm the executive director there, and so I guess I could say I have about 250 bosses. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, we try to keep things organized and moving forward. Um, and I oversee 22 employees and about 250 volunteers. Wow. It's quite an operation. It's a beehive, right, Denise? When we were there, I mean, there's so much happening. Every little section of these two buildings has something going on and somebody doing it in a, in a seemingly organized fashion, mm-hmm. right? And what's your background, Paul? I spent most of my life as a pastor. Okay. Pastoring here in the Northwest yeah. and in South America. In South America. Mm-hmm. Missionary? Yes. We were okay. in Bolivia and Chile. All right. Mm-hmm. So you speak Spanish and Portuguese? 
Spanish. Oh, okay. Si, si, senor. <laughs> it is Brazil that's Portuguese, Portuguese right? Not yeah. Bolivia. Yeah. I get those Bs mixed up mm -hmm. sometimes. And the languages are similar, but they are very different. Right. right. Just enough to be confusing. Yep. Right. Now, we have met Tim. Denise and I have met Tim at uh, Christian Chamber of Commerce meetings. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's been faithfully showing up at these meetings and tell about PACs and about some of the things that we're going to hear about on the show today. And so uh, both Tim and I thought, well, let's uh, let's do a radio show and let's let our listeners, let's pull back the curtain a little bit and see what PAX is doing and what it's all about. So, Tim, tell us about yourself, your background, and what you do at PAX. I'm the thrift store manager. That's my uh, activity that I spend most of my time doing. Uh, I'm also the associate director, so I get to help Paul in a lot of different projects and uh, fill in when he's gone on vacation which he's allowed to do once in a while um, so I get to do a lot of things move a lot of stuff through our thrift store a lot of stuff kind of I was amazed yeah. mountain yeah. mountain a mountain Absolutely. of stuff yes. they literally move mountains and it keeps every coming. day that's yeah, right we move mountains every day I should yeah. use that that's a nice tagline yeah that's a good one <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's, it's, uh, it's a very interesting job, um, and I come from a pastoral background as well as when I was in college, I decided to take a theology and a business double major. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have a, a passion both for the business side of things as well as for the ministry side mm -hmm. of things, and it's very fun to be able to have a job where yeah. I can put the two together right. and make them both wow. uh, fit together. What a great combination. Mm -hmm. And well, do, do you are you involved with you said the uh, the um, thrift store? That's my main responsibility. Okay. Is, the, is the thrift okay. store? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, we we got a chance to see that thrift store, and and that was just really fun for two reasons. One, I love the fact that it is affordable for anybody. Just about anybody can come up with the funds they need to put a wardrobe together at that thrift store. Mm -hmm. But at the same time. One of many women out there, I enjoy purchasing at thrift stores because I don't want to waste the money that I have. And so that's what I find is really wonderful about that thrift store is there's so much to choose from, very attractively arranged, and to shop in there, as we mentioned, upholds an individual's dignity and respect, and I think that's fabulous. But there's a couple other um, services you provide as well, and before we get into those, what I'd really like to do is just take a little bit of a step back. We've looked at what the two of you, what the two of you are about. Would you share with us the overall mission of PACS? So on the back of my business card, we have a little mission statement, and it says, Following Christ's example, we are committed to nourishing the mind, body, and spirit while fostering dignity among those we serve. Well, there mm. you go. So wow. if you really sum it up, that's really well what said. we're about. How can we yeah. help people but do it in a way that fosters their dignity and respect rather than just thinking about the donor side of how I feel good about helping right. somebody. Because right. unfortunately, a lot of times those who have resources and who have abilities that can contribute to others, we see this in families, we see this in organizations, we see this in countries where the person who has stuff or the commodity that is needed by somebody else, it's given in such a way that makes the donor feel very good, but it makes the recipient feel like they've just been squashed down mm. and said, you're not very valuable mm -hmm. because you had to come and ask for it. Right. You're a charity case. You're a charity right. case. Yeah. You're not good enough. You can't do whatever it is that's needed to be done. And so we've tried to think about how can we provide services? Because people do need services. Mm -hmm. There are times where people need food. There are times where people need medical care and they can't afford it. But how can we do it in ways that really lift them up at least as much as is possible mm -hmm. in a free or low-cost kind of transaction right. so that it helps them feel better and actually gives mm -hmm. them a foothold and a, a belief that they can do better? That's and fantastic. we heard about the transition from your model, and we'll get to that when we get to some of the services. Mm -hmm. Okay, but thank you for that because you do have a concern over the dignity of the individual that you are seeking to serve, so we'll hear about that too. Would you read that mission one more time? Sure. 
Following Christ's example, we are committed to nourishing the mind, body, and spirit while fostering dignity among those we serve. Nice. And it goes along with your words for the day, dignity and respect. Yeah. So tell us. Which tells me it's an organization that does that if you see that just by touring through it, having never seen their mission statement. So they are doing what they say they are doing. And the people that are there, the volunteers and the staff, just busy and happy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a couple of them took the time to, oh, by the way, I really like working here. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Yeah, a great spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys uh, contribute to that. And it's part of your leadership that helps that to happen. Because not everybody that's working at a service area or ministry like yours has that same kind of attitude. So so tell us about um, who it is that you serve with your mission statement. Who is it that you are seeking to serve Maybe not all, all of those that do come in, because there's a quite a range, but that, that's a fair answer as well. Mm-hmm. But what's your, what's your mission focused on? Who is it? With the thrift store, we have everybody coming, the wealthy mm-hmm. that like to shop there. We have those who have nothing virtually, and they come in, and for 10 cents a quarter, they can buy enough clothing, you know, clothing to start covering themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, our other two current ministries are the clinic that we'll talk to in detail more, and the food pantry, but both of those are for those that earn less than twice the poverty level, according to the U.S. government, Mm -hmm. um, for their size of family. So it's people that are struggling to make it. You did a nice introduction earlier. It's often working people, but just can't quite make the grade Mm -hmm. to pay the bills, or people that have been let go from their job and haven't gotten a new one. Right. And uh, so that's kind of our niche, yeah. We're not really directly homeless, although we deal with some homeless, but our niche is those low-income earners. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And those are the people that uh, every dollar is precious. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. So if they do have any income, you know, from a government assistance program or, mm-hmm. you know, food stamps or something, uh, Social Security, welfare, whatever else, still it's hard to make it. They've got to find ways to stretch those few dollars. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you guys are kind of a safety net mm-hmm. uh, for that. And that's your primary target for those mm-hmm. that uh, benefit right. from your services yeah mm-hmm. what i what i really appreciate the sense of is exactly that that safety net mm-hmm. aspect of things right. it's difficult to have any kind of buffer when you're working hard just to meet what's in front of you right now and so to know that there are folks that are out there who can be available in the community because they know you and know what the needs are because it's such a relational organization that it really provides the kind of safety net that is more about relationship and community than Mm -hmm. about a handout. makes me think of a gentleman that came in to our food pantry, and it was a winter day. It wasn't icy, but it was rainy, typical Oregon winter. And he got inside, and it was warm, First time he'd ever been there, and he just broke down and started crying. Mm. So Tracy, who's in charge of that department of interviewing people uh, for the food pantry, saw him and went right over and brought him into her office and talked to him. And what's going on? He says, well, he said, I've been a painting contractor, had my own business, had employees. But with the downturn in the economy, I couldn't find jobs for them, had to let them all go, and then I couldn't find enough for myself. And he said, you ever try sleeping in your car? Mm. He said, if the neighbors don't roust you out, the police will. And you keep moving, trying to find a spot where you can spend a whole night in the car, and you can't do it. He said, last night, we still have the car. That's all we have left. But he said, last night, we found a dumpster that was clean. We climbed inside the dumpster, and we slept there. It rained all night long, but they were dry. They had a blanket with them. But he said, we didn't have any food left. We were down to our last food, and I know we're going to have food now. He'd never been to our place before. Mm. The interesting part of that story is he came every month for several months. And then one day he came in and he says, I think this is going to be our last month. We've each got jobs and we're getting ready to settle down with an apartment. And we're so happy. But thank you so much. The next month he came back again. He said, oh, my, what happened? Well, he said, I didn't have the money to pay for the insurance on the car and I got stopped. And so I lost my job because I lost my driver's license. Mm. So we're still going to be coming for a while. But now they're on their own and doing fine. But it, it's, it's this mm-hmm. kind of people mm-hmm. that right. we love to be there to help. We're also seeing a lot of immigrants uh, from different parts of the world sure. that come in and they're trying to get settled and get right. going. 
So you fill in the gap. And, and some, of these, some of these folks, I'm sure, are long-term, right? I mean, you have served them for— We have for, people that have been there for 15 years. Is that right? Yeah. Really? And they need it. Yeah, right. So tell us more about the, uh, the food pantry. That's one of the items that you mentioned, uh, one of your ministries, one of your services. How does the food pantry work? I mean, we were there, and we took a tour through there. It was amazing all that can be done in that little space with those uh, volunteers and all of your shelves and everything. But how does it work? So our thrift, our food pantry is uh, what we call a client-based or client-choice food pantry. So a lot of food pantries, uh, I've seen them for a lot of my life because I grew up in a pastor's family where we had places like this in our churches. And a lot of times there's a group of volunteers that get together and they pack a food box. And then when people come in, we say, here, have a food box. Because we know you're hungry, and that's why they come. And they take the food box out at our place at PAX. They used to take it out to the bus stop, and then they would sort the food. Because they might be allergic to food. They might not know what certain kinds of foods are. They might know that their kids would never eat certain kinds of foods. And so they would leave food at the bus stop. Mm. And the volunteers would get frustrated because these people are not being grateful, and they're not taking And then they started thinking, wait a minute, if we were on the other side receiving this food box, would we carry all of that food on the bus Hmm. for a potential hour ride home, maybe transferring buses a couple of times, only to know that you were not going to eat it or not going to use it? Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case, we're not providing them a good service. And so we said, let's change the food pantry so that they get to pick the food off the shelves that they will take home. So we came up with a shopping list that they can shop off of. They get to go through the, the group, the pantry, pick the food, put it in their cart, take it as much as normal as possible. When we go to a grocery store, we don't have somebody else shop for us. Exactly right. Sometimes we might pay somebody, but we usually send them with our own shopping list, right? right. Mm -hmm. At the food pantry, they don't get that luxury, but here we try to provide that luxury and say, you are capable of making choices about your food. We're going to allow you to pick off the shelf, take your own food. We'll make sure that it follows in the categories and off of the shopping list so that it's a fair distribution to people. But it's providing that dignity of saying, you have a good mind. You can make a good choice about what you're going to eat. And we can trust you enough to make that choice. And that turns out to have been a a good transition. I want to hear about that and also about the mobile uh, food pantry right after the break. Don't go away. Life is a journey, and it really helps to have a roadmap, especially during your golden years of life. There are at least 80 senior living communities and 1,100 adult care homes in just the greater Portland-Vancouver metro area. At no cost to you or your family, you can plan now for the right fit for yourself or loved ones. Golden Placement Services is the roadmap to your new home. In four simple steps, assessment, research, touring, and follow-up, the Golden Girls will help you prepare for the next part of your journey. We found Golden Placement Services to be very helpful to us in locating a care facility for our father. They asked good questions to ascertain what kind of facility we were looking for. We were taken to a few homes that fit the criteria we were seeking, and we're very happy with the care our dad's receiving from the facility found for us by Golden Placements. Visit our website at goldenplacements.com to learn more. That's goldenplacements.com or call one of the Golden Girls at 503-723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people planned for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And, of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. 
there is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. All right, we want to give a big uh, thank you to our sponsors and partners. We want to name as our sponsors the two that, the spots that you just heard, Dignity Memorial and Golden Placement Services. Also, we will list as our sponsors 24-7 Properties, Dan the Mortgage Man with First Priority Financial, uh, Dream Trips, 180 Cash Flow Strategies, and Northwest Web Creation Company. And then our partners, we love our partners, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, KKPZ, this radio station, uh, Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest, and Serving Our Neighbors, and more coming all the time. And uh, we value these folks because they're the ones that make this show possible and all of the content that we have and the guests and the airtime and everything else. So we uh, encourage your patronage of those folks and uh, can highly recommend them. So we were hearing about uh, the food pantry before we move on to the other services and ministries that you guys do. And uh, maybe you can tell us about a typical family or one that you have in mind uh, that was benefited by your uh, by your food pantry service. Well, I could tell you about quite a few, but I'm thinking of one lady that came in and she'd no more than gotten into the door into the little, what's like a little store. And she broke down and started crying. Mm. Now, we say, Pax, that we see miracles every day. Right. There are some big ones and there are some little ones. Mm. This one was a little one, but it was just a miracle the same. She looked, started crying, and the volunteer there said, I'm sorry, what's the problem? And she says, you don't understand. It's my daughter's birthday. And we didn't have any food in the house, but I knew I was coming to Pax. And I told her, I said, I don't have a cake. I don't have any way to buy a cake. It's your birthday, but there's no cake for today. And the daughter said, Mom, I understand. Food's more important than having a cake. Mm. And she looked down, and there sat a birthday cake for Seriously. her daughter. Really? And she was just, wow. to her, that was a miracle. No mm-hmm. kidding. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing that's nice watching families come through there, and I go in quite often and just stand and talk to people and ask mm-hmm. them, how long have you been coming? Oh, it's only my second time, or I've been coming for five years. Why do you come here? We love it because we get to choose. And even your fresh things tend to be quite fresh and nice usually. And uh, so they love to come there. They feel respected. They're given. Respect and dignity are two words that we use a lot there. That's right. They may not be very dignified or think they're dignified. Mm -hmm. That's not our problem. We want to treat them with dignity and mm-hmm. respect. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was evident on our tour there. I mean, it was uh, everybody was greeted with uh, warmth and respect by everybody uh, mm-hmm. on your team, the volunteers and the staff and everything else. And we've got two other areas. Well, actually, an, an additional one even after that, after the other two, something that is yet to come. And uh, we're going to have to carry those over to the other side on our podcast. But let's introduce them just briefly. We have the medical clinic mm-hmm. and the thrift store, which we talked about a little bit. Give us a little a little hint about what we're going to talk about on the podcast side, part two of our show, uh, regarding the medical clinic. Well, we've had a medical clinic for about 23 years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been for the low income, as I mentioned earlier, and the it, the providers, the doctors, the nurse practitioners are all volunteers. They give their time to serve there. We give them staff to support them and to keep the records straight and everything. Uh, and we're getting excited. I'll, we'll talk about this the second half, but mm-hmm. we're ready to develop a dental clinic. We're just at that step now ready. When we get our permit, we'll start building. Excellent. Um, and so we'll have both medical and dental coming right. up, and that's a big need for people. What a great service to the community. So let me ask you this, Paul and Tim. What is the best thing that a baby boomer can do this week to learn more or to get plugged in or get involved? What what can they do? I would encourage them to come and have a tour. Do what you did this yeah. morning. Mm-hmm. Just see it. But right. we find that many people especially the retired group. And by the way, I'm old enough to be listening to this program by a few good years. Yeah. Uh, but they need something to do. 
One of our volunteers told me the other day, he says, this has added stability to my life. Wow. He said, I just love coming here, and it's it made, it, made my life more full, complete. So much more to talk about. I want to hear all about that from uh, the volunteers and the people that you serve. Denise, you want to jump in with I one sure last do. thing? I sure do. I just, I really want to underline what Paul just said. The, we, we referenced it a little bit, but the spirit that works through PACS, mm-hmm. the folks there are happy. They are enjoying themselves as they provide service there, and they're happy and enjoying themselves as they're shopping there. And it's really hard to tell who's doing the service and who's doing the shopping. Right. And that's fantastic. Right. So I really do encourage people, if you're looking for a really wonderful place to get to enjoy yourself while you provide service, check it out. And uh, your website, is it paxonline.org? Org. Org. Mm-hmm. Paxonline, P-A-C-S, online. online.org. Great website, lots of information and uh, ways to learn what they do and how you can get plugged in. So we want to encourage our listeners to check that out. Our time is up for this segment. Thank you guys both for coming in. We're going to stay for the other one, which will be online. And our show today is about Portland Adventist Community Services, PACS. And uh, we have Paul Cole. Cole, Sorry, I slipped my mind here. And uh, Tim Zulbricht. So uh, thank you, guys. This is our show, Helping People, Meeting Needs. We've got some other great shows coming up. We have uh, Beaverton Family Chiropractic with some natural approaches to total health and well-being. We have Marriage Team coming in uh, also. And um, lots of good shows right here on Second Half Now. So we want to encourage you to tune in every Monday evening, 5.30 to 6 p.m., right here on the radio, KKPZ 1330. And then go to part two to hear the rest of it, hear the entire show, on our website, secondhalfnow.com. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or have any suggestions about other topics or guests, go to our website, secondhalfnow.com, and fill in a contact form, and uh, you can submit that. And so if you want to learn more about PACS, Uh, We can handle that as well. Just fill out that, that contact form. So this is Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. That's us, the 50 plus crowd. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I am Dr. Dan Critchett, your host, along with co host Dr. Denise Hogan. Let's continue our conversation with Paul Cole and Tim Zolbrecht of PAX on part two on our website, secondhalfnow.com. See you there. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com. Welcome to Second Half Now, a radio show for boomers and beyonders. Tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan. Second Half Now, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. It's time for Second Half Now. The doctors are in. Here are your hosts, Dr. Dan and Dr. Denise. Welcome to part two of our show with the title for this show is called Helping People Meeting Needs. I'm your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan. And uh, this portion, of course, is only available online, but you can use any device that will give you access to the Internet. And you can go to our website, as you did to get this one. But as you'll notice, also, all of our other previous shows are there, too. You can listen to your heart content. You can do, uh, what do you call it, a marathon listening of secondhalfnow.com and all kinds of guests and topics. So uh, for today, to continue from part one, we're very pleased to welcome into our studio again Paul Cole and Tim Zolbrecht with Portland Adventist Community Services. We'll refer to them as PACS, P-A-C-S. Welcome again, Paul and Tim, to Second Half Now. Glad to have you here. Thank you. you. It's good to be here. We're underway with some good content, and we have some very, very important things to uh, talk about, and we're going to uh, continue And happy to have you here talking about the subject, helping people meeting needs. That's right. And the way PACS helps people and meet 
meets needs that we want to make sure we highlight is there. They are so focused on the dignity of the individual and treating every single person with respect, whether that is a volunteer or somebody on the receiving end of their services. And we want to talk about both of those things today. Uh, one of the things we want to make sure that we're really highlighting is all of the ways that people can volunteer for this organization. So we're going to pick up with um, talking about, shall we, shall we go into a little more details about the thrift store that you folks are operating, the sure. dental clinic, the upcoming um, new office that you're building, the mobile food pantry. <laughs> Where would you like to start? Uh, let's go into the thrift store, if you don't mind. That's your area. That is my area. I spend a lot of time in the thrift store. And that is actually the reason that I am at PAX. When I was in a transition phase before I came to PAX uh, in a job situation, uh, the executive director at the time was looking for a chaplain but didn't have a budget for a chaplain. And the thrift store was at the point of needing to expand. And she was looking for somebody who could do both chaplaincy and run a business. Now, I hadn't, had not run a business, but I did have a business degree as well as a theology degree. And I had been pastoring, and I had really begun to see that ministry needs to happen in the real world. Pastoring, for me, was a very unnatural setting as far as a place to meet people that needed to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. I spent most of my time working with people who had already arrived, so mm, to speak, right. at a place where they knew God and they were just kind of then improving or needing encouragement. But I looked at the parishioners and said, these are the folks that are meeting people that need to know Jesus. They're the ones that are out rubbing shoulders with the ones that don't know. Right. And this connection then with the thrift store started opening up all kinds of ideas and when I came and took the tour, the mission behind the thrift store was to provide low-cost items for people that they could afford to purchase so that they didn't have to ask for a handout and I didn't have to determine who was worthy of receiving mm. something or not. So we started this thrift, or they had the thrift store going, but we needed to expand it with keeping the prices low. But the funding comes in then to fund the other things that we do, like the medical care and the food pantry, in amazing ways. Uh, so keeping the prices affordable, keeping them a place where they could be marked down to as low as a quarter. So when somebody came in, they didn't have to ask me for a voucher. I could just say, look for this color of tag because all of the items that are in this color tag are 25 cents. Right. Five pop bottles can buy you a shirt or well, a pair of pants. That's right. And then in that whole process, the door is open for everybody in the community to come in. So it's not just the place for the poor people to go. It's the place where the community can come. Donors can donate their stuff so they can contribute whether they have cash or not. They might be able to donate some stuff, some clothes or some dishes or a couch that they're getting rid of. So they can contribute to the organization. That can help with the funding, but the stuff itself is a mission to help people who are in need. And it's just a great community exchange kind of program. Right. And in that process, we build friendships, we build community. The cashiers are volunteers, but they get to know the customers. The customers come in sometimes. Well, some of them come in every day, and I won't name them, but there are some <laughs> that come in every day looking for the new things just to, and they come in saying this is such an amazing place i just feel different when i come in the thrift store to me that's rewarding when i i hear people come in and say you know i was really feeling down so i came to pax today i mean how many times no, do you hear that no in kidding fred yeah. meyer or <laughs> no you know, not to mention other places and not to put them down because they serve a function but PAX is more than just 
a place to buy something. Right. Well, and you uh, talked about and showed us the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the, the drop-off center or the contribution Donation area. The donation area. Mm -hmm. So, and volumes and volumes of stuff coming in there. Tell us a little bit about that process. I mean, where these things come from and what, what you do with them to get them ready to hang up on the hangers to put out on the floor of the thrift store. Sure. So... All of our donate, most of our donations are dropped off at the back door. Mm -hmm. Just random people, myself included, bringing <laughs> our extra stuff that we don't need anymore and bringing it to the organization and dropping it off. For a lot of people, it's instead of doing a yard sale because they realize that a yard sale wouldn't be as productive as far as the effort going into it as mm. the proceeds coming out of it so they say let's just donate it and help somebody else instead of going through all of the effort to run a sale and so they bring it by and we then take that sort through it try to find the things that aren't worth selling and finding other ways to dispose of them either through recycling or through selling them to another it's giving them to another organization somehow trying to make use of as much as we can but then all of the stuff that we can use which is the majority of it we put a price on it put it out in the store when it goes out it goes out at full price twice a month we mark things down another discount percentage so, so let's say it goes out today with a yellow tag on on the 16th of this month it will go to 25 percent off on the first of the next month, it would go to 50% off. And the 16th of the next month, it goes to 25 cents. At that point, if it stays for two weeks, if it hasn't sold at 25 cents, for us, it's not really worth having on the shelves right. anymore. Right. But it's also, there's always something there that's very, mm -hmm. very low cost. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of that, the last day, we sell what's left for 10 cents. What doesn't sell for 10 cents, we give to another organization or if it's broken or damaged or some for some other reason not usable we throw it away we don't want to give garbage to other people so for reference let's talk about when somebody uh when you're putting out some clothing on the racks that we saw there today um when you say full price what is that so full price like i mean it's not 29.95 pair like, of pants yeah average price three dollars right there average go. shirt three dollars yeah uh, tank tops, I think two fifty. Um, you know, some of the jackets will be marked up more like five, six, ten dollars. Of course, we do try to watch for some of the name brands and some of the uh, the outfits that are a lot more valuable, and we mm -hmm. try to make value out of them because we don't have to sell everything cheap. Right. But we're trying to make sure that we either take the value out of the item, or we make sure that it's. You, it's at a place where it can really help people who are in need. And what about volunteers? Uh, let's talk about in the thrift store. Uh, through this whole process that you have, where can volunteers plug in? They can volunteer in lots of ways. Uh, we need people who can run cash register. We need people who love to organize shelves and just want to make the place look nice. We have. I have one volunteer. i got to tell you this story. She is an amazing lady. She came in a couple years ago being dragged in by a friend. Uh, sometimes it takes a friend to get us into a good place. <laughs> hmm. And she had a good friend who had volunteered for us at the past but had moved on to other things. But she still loved PAX, and she said, Rosie, you need to go to PAX. Because Rosie had just experienced a loss in her, in her um, household, and she had been a, given, basically a caregiver, and the person she had been taking care of had passed, passed away. And she was depressed mm -hmm. and didn't have a meaning, didn't right. have a purpose, didn't have anything to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And so the friend said, Rosie, you need to go and volunteer at PAX. She said, oh, I don't think I can do that. I, I just don't think I can handle that. And finally they brought her in. And she came in just looking like somebody who didn't have a future. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know. I don't know. And we said, yes, Rosie, you can do it. Mm. She started volunteering one day a week. A few weeks later, she came and said, you know, Tim, I've been thinking. 
I think I can volunteer two days a week. <laughs> I said, cool, keep it up. Yeah. A few weeks later, she came back and said, well, you know, I've been thinking. <laughs> well, now I'm starting to see a pattern here. And so I'm thinking, good, that's a good thing. You know, and she's holding her head up more. She's mm -hmm. walking with a firmer step. Mm -hmm. She says, I think I can volunteer three days a week. Now it's four days a week that she's there, four mornings a week, yeah. uh, doing everything to do with the clothes, putting them out, organizing the racks, making it look nice. She's almost a foreman in there. She's a supervisor, even oh, though she's right. not, but she organizes the other volunteers in the thrift yeah, store. Exactly. Did store. we meet her this morning? She was there this morning. I, I thought so, yeah. 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 yeah, okay. Darling she's just lady. an amazing yeah. person. And to me, that's... That's the most rewarding part of the work mm. is seeing the volunteers that come in, coming from whatever their background, from whatever their situation. A lot of times they're coming from a place of not feeling very valuable and to give them a place where they can feel like they're doing something good for other people, mm. where we can affirm them and make them feel like they're valuable to us and in, in, in all of this, helping them to see that that's god views them mm. right. that god says yeah. you're important like and it's not about how much money you have it's not about what kind of car you drive it's not about what kind of occupation you have it's about god seeing you as valuable mm. that is such a great message and i, I want to encourage our listeners to uh to stop by pax 111th and halsey northeast and uh, either just to look around or to uh, maybe get a tour or to, uh, to go shopping. Exactly. Yeah, the thrift store is an amazing place. And uh, we heard a lot about that. Let's move on to, let's go back to the medical clinic a little bit and uh, tell about uh, the kind of people that you serve and how you deliver these medical services to these patients. We're in a process of shifting a little bit because of the Affordable Care Act. Mm -hmm. uh, as people got insurance, they were assigned to a clinic that did billing. Our, our history has been only to take people that earned less than twice the poverty level for their size of family, and they had no insurance. Mm. Well, we had a lady sitting there for over a year signing people up for insurance. Right. And then they were assigned to other clinics, and it's decimated our population. And yet they keep saying, we want to come back. Will you start charging insurance so that we can come back? Um, we're working on that, but it's changing our, our, our way of looking at things just a little bit. But we have doctors, we have nurse practitioners, we have retired nurses that volunteer their time, that want to come in and help. And it, it's, we see so much good done there, and the people love it. They just love it. And uh, we've, we've got testimonials over and over again, but when you see somebody come in with a blood sugar of over 600, and they didn't even know they had diabetes. Mm. That's just And terrible. then you get them balanced out, and they're feeling good, and they're eating better, and they've cut off the, the things that were killing them. It goes two ways. It saves the hospitals a lot of money. But we feel like it's a real ministry of touching people's lives. Oh, for sure. Tell us mm -hmm. about uh, the people that do uh, provide the services, the uh, healthcare professionals, medical practitioners. Mm -hmm. um, wh who are they? And, and what is their kind of a typical um, volunteer workload? Uh, normally, well, what, we have nurse practitioners, as I said. We have physicians. We've had physicians that were surgeons. Um, we've got one right now that spent most of his time, years in, his, in practice as an oncologist. Mm. Uh, and they're there seeing the general run of patients and learning how diabetes works again. <laughs> and, uh, but they find a real ministry there. And that's all volunteer. It's all volunteer. Some of them find out about us, referred by another practitioner that says, hey, you ought to, we could use you mm -hmm. over there. And the one nice thing it is, we're not rushing them to get through exactly. with the patient. They can take the time they need. Um, if they have seven patients in five hours, that's a big load. The doctor mm -hmm. was there this morning, oh. had seven patients. That was a big load. Usually it's more like five. And so in four hours, they get to take the time. And our patients tend to be very complicated cases. Right. But we would love to have some. We're in a need right now. We had several that retired. Well, they retired a second time. And now we have some openings. And as we get our paradigm turned around here a little bit more with the Affordable Care Act, we're going to be swamped, and we need providers. 
I just think that 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 just struck me as you were talking about the doctor's loads. I could just I could just almost feel how much better that is for them to be able to sit mm-hmm. there and really get to know mm-hmm. the, the, their, their clients, which is why they went into the profession. Mm-hmm. More about the medical clinic, and I want to hear about the typical uh, schedule of one of these uh, medical professionals. Right after the break, don't go away. Life is a journey, and it really helps to have a roadmap, especially during your golden years of life. There are at least 80 senior living communities and 1,100 adult care homes in just the greater Portland-Vancouver metro area. At no cost to you or your family, you can plan now for the right fit for yourself or loved ones. Golden Placement Services is the roadmap to your new home. In four simple steps, assessment, research, touring, and follow-up, the Golden Girls will help you prepare for the next part of your journey. We found Golden Placement Services to be very helpful to us in locating a care facility for our father. They asked good questions to ascertain what kind of facility we were looking for. We were taken to a few homes that fit the criteria we were seeking, and we're very happy with the care our dad's receiving from the facility found for us by Golden Placements. Visit our website at goldenplacements.com to learn more. That's goldenplacements.com or call one of the Golden Girls at 503 503- 723-7145 today. That's 503-723-7145 and schedule your non-obligation appointment today. Helping to plan a funeral for someone you love is a painful process. It's one of the most emotional things you'll ever have to do. But imagine how much grief would be spared if people plan for themselves. Though it may sound difficult or uncomfortable to even think about, the experts at Dignity Memorial Funeral Homes and Cemeteries can help with a free personal planning guide that takes you step-by-step through the process. And of course, Dignity Memorial will even help you complete your plan with the expert assistance of trained and caring advisors. There are a lot of very good reasons to plan ahead. Make sure your final wishes are respected, sparing your loved ones the added grief of planning for you and having to pay for it. If you choose to fund your plan early, you can even lock in current pricing, avoiding increases due to inflation, and take advantage of budget-friendly payments. There is a free informational seminar that includes a complimentary meal at a restaurant in your area very soon. Find out more and ask any questions you may have by calling Katie at 503-807-5715. It costs nothing to learn how you can protect your loved ones by planning ahead. Give Katie at Dignity Memorial a call today at 503-807-5715. We are back and we want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Dignity Memorial, Golden Placement Services, and then the ones that we're still working on developing the radio spots for. Those are 24-7 properties. Dan, the mortgage man with First Priority Financial, Dream Trips, 180 Cash Flow Strategies, and Northwest Web Creation Company. We highly recommend all of these uh, businesses and services and individuals. And then our partners, great partners, Warner Pacific College, Multnomah University, this radio station, KKPZ, Christian Chamber of Commerce Northwest, and Serving Our Neighbors. We're going to get right back into talking about the medical clinic, and I wanted to hear about uh, now, these, these uh, wonderful volunteer medical practitioners or professional, uh, what do you call it, medical, medical people? Providers. <laughs> medical yeah, providers. providers. Okay. So what is, it, what is a typical schedule? Because if there's uh, you know, somebody listening that's saying, you know what, I do have some time and I do have some expertise, and maybe that's one place that I could jump in and serve. What is a typical schedule like uh, on a weekly basis? It goes normally from about 9 in the morning till 1 o'clock. Okay. And... Uh, the load, as I mentioned earlier, is not heavy because we want them to take care mm-hmm. of the patients and see what they need. Yeah. And it's interesting that some of our practitioners are retired, but the majority are not. Okay. But they choose to take a morning and come do this as a service, as a payback mm-hmm. to the community. A morning. So this typically so one morning a week? For it could each? be one morning a week. It could be one morning a month. Okay. Some of them are okay. even a little more sporadic than that. Okay. You know, so we are really flexible to work with okay. a provider schedule because we know that if you're in practice, you're busy. Um, and But there are some that might say, I could do it once a month. Take one day a month. Yeah. 
And uh, now the people that take advantage of this, um, I, I'm not sure what the right terminology is, but it's not just to come in and get something taken care of and then off they go. They become the patients of your clinic. Right. right? So, so we they call have, ourselves a primary care medical clinic. There we go. So yeah. we're not urgent mm. care. It's not a walk-in right. where we deal with you know, broken bones and things like that. It's more long-term care for people who are low income. So a lot of diabetes, a lot of heart disease, high blood pressure, blood pressure, Mm -hmm. a lot of chronic illness. And sadly, a lot of it is lifestyle related. But when you look at low income populations, typically they are not as well educated about how to take care of themselves. And so when they don't take care of themselves, then they end up with these illnesses. And like Paul mentioned a little bit ago, we had a patient in there that had blood blood sugar level of 600 and didn't even know that he had diabetes. Right. You know, they're just not informed Mm -hmm. sometimes. Now, some of them are more educated, but sometimes they're just plain, they don't know. Right. Well, and you know, one of the things I see from the psychologist arena is that when you are dealing with chronic stress, chronic Mm -hmm. up against the wall, that has an impact on the physical functioning in Mm -hmm. major ways, that blood uh, blood pressure, Mm -hmm. heart Mm -hmm. issues. When somebody starts to have feelings of panic, the way that takes over the body is horrible. And so anything that can help people stay in a more productive um, managing their stress it keeps yeah. them in a more productive range, and we mm-hmm. keep them out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Exactly, keep them out of the the, the urgent care clinics. Right. Somebody mentioned the word holistic. Maybe it was mm-hmm. you, Denise. After mm-hmm. we had uh, don't think so, but it's tour. a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Well, what I mean is, you know, if somebody's, uh, I mean, many Americans live paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. and sometimes there isn't a paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> or the paycheck doesn't go far enough. Mm-hmm. But if you're having a hard time even providing food for your family, that you're going to pay the price uh, medically or physically, right? right? Yes. right. So a person can come to your compound there or your buildings. And um, uh, I sometimes jokingly then borrow a phrase from another business here in town and say we're the one-stop shopping place yeah. because they can, they mm-hmm. can set up their medical appointment they can get yeah. their food, and they can go do some shopping in the thrift yeah. store all at the same time. Yeah. And now, soon, hopefully by the end of the year, we're going to have a dental clinic going. Exactly. And we're going to be looking for dental people, professionals, uh, uh, dental, not assistants, dental hygienists yeah. to mm-hmm. come in and volunteer and help. Yeah. And we're going to be loaded with patients oh, on that. Oh, for sure. I bet. We are yeah. just in the what process of getting ready to get the building permit. We have the property now. And we're going to remodel a house and add on 400 square feet. And we'll move our medical clinic over there and have a dental clinic there. Three operatories and three exam rooms. Wow. And I think it's going to be a continuing blessing to the community. Very complete and holistic. I like that word. Yeah. It is Even a great if it word. didn't come from you, uh, Denise, <laughs> from earlier. What about uh, volunteers in the, the medical and dental clinics uh, who are not uh, professionals? It's a little harder to use them because of HIPAA rules and various things. Right. Uh, We can use some, although we have students, uh, nursing uh, nursing students and medical assistant students that come and do their practicum there. And so we use a lot of them for the office work and the the, rooming the patients and the like. Uh, But the professionals is what we really need desperately in there. We want to get the word out. Maybe we can post something on our bells and whistles on our website and mm-hmm. try to find out ways that we can uh, get the word and maybe be some sort of an access or a channel mm-hmm. uh, point for that because there's so much good going on there. We want to uh, let the community know about that. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got some some connectors. All right. I'll send them your way. Excellent. Good. A question that we mentioned during the break, I just thought I'd throw out on the air here, is, yes, we are... By, sponsored by an, an, a Christian organization, the Seventh-day Adventist mm-hmm. Church. People say, well, do you have to be an Adventist to go there? Well, about 60% of our volunteers are not of our faith, mm-hmm. and they just bring a wonderful wholeness to our group. Yeah. We love them, and they seem to love us. Yeah. Many of them have been with us for years there. And so we, we like having people of other faiths or no faith. Thanks for mentioning that. I think that's super important because we do not want there to be barriers to people who have 
volunteer hearts looking for a place to mm. donate them. Right. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what our the mission of this radio show is about. Every time we have a radio show, we are trying to um, uh, empower and energize people of our generation uh, to uh, find places where they can meaningfully serve. Mm-hmm. And uh, for many of them, it's going to be a volunteer role, volunteer position. So we've talked about the food pantry. We've talked about the medical clinic. We've talked about the thrift store and the uh, soon-to-come dental clinic. And we've talked a lot about the volunteers. Is there anything else? I have two last uh, things that we want to talk about. But uh, is there anything in any of those that maybe is a loose end that you'd like to put in at the end here? We have a cow. <laughs> yeah, I saw. I took a picture of the cow. <laughs> Tell us about the cow. Holstein. It's we a learned. Holstein cow <laughs> on wheels. No, on wheels. <laughs> yeah. Yes, cow stands for commodities on wheels, and what it is is an adjunct to our to our food pantry, and it goes out to various locations. Uh, we go to some Adventist churches. We go to a Baptist church. We go to a high rise downtown. And we take the food there, and it's still the client choice. They go through and get to pick from the various categories of food. And that's been a real added blessing. And it's a big trailer. You must put it behind a pretty hefty truck to haul this thing around. A one-ton, yeah. It's a beautiful trailer, but it has this black and white, what's the name? Holstein? Holstein. looks like a Holstein cow. Yeah, right. So, (laughs) Yeah, I like that. It's a mobile Mobile uh, food pantry. pantry. And again, then, we need volunteers for that. Yeah. And uh, we're doing well with that, but we, we can always use another volunteer or two. Let me ask this. I know uh, another other services that have um, donors that are businesses and restaurants and, uh, you know, bread people and so forth. Other volunteers that uh, go to those places and bring them. They're the transportation. They bring mm-hmm. the items to, uh, I'm thinking of Birch Community Services uh-huh. in particular. Mm-hmm. So is that another area that volunteers could serve with PACs, is to, to be the transporters of the uh, donated items in the, do, for the food we pantry? We do have uh, three trucks that go out, and those are all driven by volunteers. Okay. And they have volunteer riders that go along with them. They can go out and go to grocery stores, and we sometimes go to Birch and share with them a lot. And there's just a lot of places where we go and pick up food for the food pantry. Um, yeah, that is something that's good. Valuable. So we're looking for volunteer drivers. Yeah. It seems like there's always one opening. Right. Well, and I was just going to mention. writers, people uh, just to go along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention one other thing that we have coming up in October, just for other people that might want to get more information. We have a big awards dinner where we give an award out to somebody or an organization that's been significant in helping sponsor our work. Um, but we also do a silent auction, and it's a fundraiser for our, our work, and sometimes people want to come and sponsor a table and be, a, be involved or get more information, and that's a great place. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a high-class event out at the Embassy Suites at the airport, and just wanted to put that out there. If somebody wants to get acquainted with us in a little more formal setting, that's yeah. a good place to do it. Good. Well, let's... Uh, uh, cover how you guys are funded because I talked to uh, you guys on the phone and there was some various channels of revenue so uh, so your services can continue to operate. Sure. So our thrift store is our primary source of cash funding at this point. We what was the average sale last year? I Not sale, last, the, the average a- item average cost. Average price per item for all of our stuff in our <laughs> store was $1.11. Yeah. <laughs> So it's very low that's cost. Great. So we sell a lot of stuff. I guess for you a make dollar up eleven. Yeah, that. that's great. for that being your primary funding source. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. So there's a wow. lot of little things. It that seems go to there. me there's another business that operates on that principle. <laughs> yeah, they the happen to use that stool. in their oh. name, don't they? <laughs> so you're going to be the dollar eleven store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it fluctuates up and down just a little bit. Sure. Somewhere it's all. Over the last five years, I think it's been between a dollar eight and a dollar twenty every year. Wow! Uh-huh. Uh, so it's always very, very low cost. And what about the other so sources? Anyways, so the thrift store. Then we have um, some funding that comes from our local Adventist churches, mm-hmm. which is a very small portion actually of our overall budget. And then the rest is through private donations, grant funding, uh, the awards dinner that we do Mm. in October, Mm -hmm. just people that see the value of what we're doing and say, I want to be a part of that. Can I contribute? 
even just a little bit. A monthly donation goes a long ways to making somebody right. have better health or a full full uh, kitchen cupboard so mm-hmm. they can eat for eat their food. There are those who do give out grants, and mm-hmm. uh, some of these granting uh, organizations are pretty particular about the uh, kinds of places that they fund. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at a flyer here from your office, $250,000 to the dental project coming from Murdoch Trust. Yes. Mm-hmm. That must have been a, a, a big celebration for you guys when you saw oh, that come through. Very Very much so. Yeah. You put a lot of work into getting a grant. Mm-hmm. They don't usually just come out of the blue. You usually put a lot of effort into putting all your information together, putting your timelines together, putting your proposal together, mm-hmm. and they evaluate it very in-depth, mm-hmm. uh, look at it very carefully according right. to their criteria for right. their foundation. But uh, even when you fit all the criteria, you sometimes still wonder, is it going to come through? Right. When you get the check, it's a great celebration. Oh, it is. No, and <laughs> to come from Murdoch, I know that's a big stamp of approval, a stamp yes. of affirmation, and say, we like what you're doing. This is the second time they've granted us. Wow. And we, uh, we put in a grant request to Walmart for a new truck because our little truck was getting very old. Mm. And we never heard from them. They didn't say we've gotten your grant request or anything. Months went by, and one day... I opened the mail, and here's a letter from them, and I opened it up, and I thought, well, they'll probably say no, no. No, there was a check in there, and we got to order the truck then, and it paid for the whole price of this very nice wow. truck, and we thank Walmart. We, that oh, is yeah. fantastic. And Oregon Community Foundation. Well, we could mm-hmm. go on. There are a number of yeah. grantors that have helped us with different, especially growing projects, when you're trying to increase your ability mm-hmm. to serve the people. To serve people, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Serving People Meeting Needs. That's the uh, name of our show for today. So I have two questions, one for each of you. Paul, why do you do this? What does this mean to you? You know, I didn't ever think of myself getting into this. Now, I knew of this organization. I used to take clothes and things there and donate. Never saw myself there. And I retired and had three wonderful months of retirement. (laughs) And I was getting ready finally after all the traveling of the three months to start really working on her house and getting some things I didn't get done as a pastor. And I get a call. Would you be willing to fill in at PAX for three to six months as an interim director while we find a director? I said, me? Yeah, you. Hmm. You're thinking I'm just a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I said, finally said after looking it over and talking to the previous director and said, okay, I guess I could do this for three to six months. Well, it's now been eight years. <laughs> and why am I still there? You know, it's fun to get up every morning and know I'm going to PAX and going to be, not just see the clients, mm-hmm. but see the staff mm-hmm. and see those volunteers that come in there with the big smiles all over their face, enjoying themselves. And it's just a paycheck every day. And then every so often I have that privilege of leading somebody to Jesus mm-hmm. and seeing them really take a stand for him. Yeah. I'm an evangelist by nature, but Mm -hmm. I don't push my faith on anybody. But it's wonderful to see people accept Jesus. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that. Tim, what about you? Why do you do this? What does it mean to you? I like to look at what Jesus did when he was here on this earth. And when you spend time really studying what he did, he spent a lot of time healing people. Mm -hmm. That's what you hear him doing most. He actually didn't feed people more than twice as far as we know. And both times after he did it, he sent them home himself. He said, nope, don't come to me. Don't be reliant on the freebies. I'm going to feed you because you need it. Give you that emergency food box, basically. And then he sent them on. And then he spent the rest of his time mingling with people, building trust in their, with them and who they were and letting them know who he was as somebody who mm-hmm. cared. And to me, that's what I enjoy the most about PAX is it's a place where I feel like I can minister in the same way, helping people with their medical needs. I don't do the medical part of it, but it's, a, it's an organization that does a place where we can provide those emergency food boxes when needed, but a place in the thrift store where I can mingle with people, just interact with them, show them that they're valuable to me as well as hopefully by extension to God. Wow. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. I'm, yeah. I'm just, 
I'm my eyes are just wide open listening listening to the to your hearts here today. This is fantastic. It's just it's just really encouraging to uh, to see two men who are living out their their faith. Rubber hits the road, moving mountains mm-hmm. every single day because it feels like that is the the most wonderful thing that you can do. Yeah. Do you have time for one more short story? Please. Yeah. Um, over the years that I've been there, we've had, and while Tim's been there, we've had a number of folks come because they're out of work and they're bored or they're depressed and they need to do something and so they come and volunteer. And it's interesting, after they volunteered a little while, they feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. They're used to meeting public, getting right. involved with people. And I think of Bob. He is a civil engineer. And he had had a very good job, but his buddy talked him into quitting his good job and coming to work for him because he was starting an engineering program and wanted Bob to come because Bob's a good engineer. He did, and then the guy went belly up and the business closed, and Bob wasn't a youngster, and he just couldn't buy a job. And he got depressed. He got tired of trying to go to get interviews. When he went on interviews, he couldn't do any good at it. Watching soaps on the couch kind of had mm-hmm. him in a bad mood. Lost his marriage. <laughs> lost his home. And one day, and I was there that day, he walked in and says, Can you use any help around here? Sure. Didn't know the guy. He started volunteering half day a week. Pretty soon it was two days a week, and pretty soon it was five days a week. He said, you can use more help. <laughs> and uh, the guy was pretty sharp. And then he got an opportunity for an interview and a good job. And uh, they asked him what he was doing. And he started talking about PACs and what we do there. And, and he thought, oh, I blew that. I didn't even talk mm. about me and what I can do. And... <laughs> They called him back for a second interview. Tell me more about PAX. He got wow. the job. But he credits it all to his volunteering there at PAX. Wow. That is fantastic. And I what bet you have a hundred other stories oh, yes. like those. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys come back again another time? Tell us more. We'd That'd love to. All right, good. Thank you very much. We've been talking to Paul Cole and Tim Zolbrecht of uh, Portland Adventist Community Services with the topic Helping People meeting needs thank you both for coming in uh for our listeners if you want to get a cd a free cd of this uh, show just call the radio station 503-242-1950 lots of information on our website including all of our uh, mp3s for downloads and uh, listening and so forth at secondhalfnow.com that's who we are second half now a radio show for boomers and beyonders tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. I am your host, Dr. Dan Critchett, along with our co-host, Dr. Denise Hogan, saying goodbye for now, and until next time, may God help you live a life that honors Him and blesses others. Let's meet again right here on our website or live next Monday, 5.30 p.m. and Saturday at 8 a.m. on the radio, KKPZ 1330, The Truth. Thanks for listening to Second Half Now with Dr. Dan Critchett and Dr. Denise Hogan on KKPZ 1330 The Truth, sponsored by Dignity Memorial. To hear the rest of this program, find out more about the topics discussed today, or ask questions, visit secondhalfnow.com. That's secondhalfnow.com. Tune in next Monday at 5.30 p.m. for more tools and tips for the life you want to live from now on. Until then, visit secondhalfnow.com.